Hello and welcome to the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. I'm Zach Wolf, a senior writer here at CNN and the publisher of the Impeachment Watch newsletter. You can sign up at CNN.com slash impeachment. That's also where you can find the latest news and analysis relating to this pivotal time in American history. The impeachment trial of Donald Trump is almost over. We're at the second day of the impeachment trial question and answer period, and it began with some drama and a little bit of clarity. The drama came when Chief Justice John Roberts refused to answer a question by Senator Rand Paul. Uh, he, he didn't want to read it out loud. The question presumably would have sought to ID in the public record the suspected intelligence community whistleblower's name. Uh, the clarity on the day came when it became more clear that Republicans would unite behind their president to spare him the damaging testimony of his former national security advisor, John Bolton. If it was not clear before, it is more and more clear now. This is Donald Trump's GOP, and the senators are not about to vote against their political interests or their president. I've got two guests to break this down with me today. I'll talk to the Republican strategist and CNN political commentator Amanda Carpenter in a few minutes. But first, let's go to Jeremy Herb. He's roaming the halls up on Capitol Hill. Jeremy, are you there? Yeah, thanks for having me. Start us off. Tell us about what happened with John Roberts and Rand Paul. That was kind of an interesting moment, but, you know, maybe not something we're going to remember later on. Yeah, I think that's right. This is something that was simmering behind the scenes for a good portion of the day yesterday, where Paul had this question uh, that he wanted to ID the suspected whistleblower. And in the, in the question, have John Roberts read this name aloud? And he was told by Republican leadership that he could not do that, that Roberts was not willing to do that. Uh, today, though, Paul decided that he was going to push it forward and he was going to ask the question anyway, or at least try to ask it. Because of the rules of this trial, he has to submit the question in writing and give it to the chief justice. And so when he did that, gave it to the chief justice, the chief justice looked at it for a couple of moments and then said, effectively, I, this question is out of order. I'm not going to read it. And the Senate moved on. Uh, Rand then went to the Senate radio TV gallery press conference room and, and kind of read, read the question that he wanted read by the chief justice. And that was kind of that. And now we are moving on into the rest of the questions. And it seems like that's going to be the end of the matter for it. Okay, and so move forward with this. Is there any question remaining? Will Donald Trump's uh, impeachment trial feature witnesses or have Republicans essentially solved that problem for themselves? What's the latest on that? Yeah, we're hearing from Republican sources. They're, they're increasingly confident that they are going to defeat this witness vote that's going to happen tomorrow. Now, it's not a sure thing yet. The votes aren't locked in. And that's largely because Lamar Alexander, the retiring senator from Tennessee, he has not said how he's going to vote. Uh, he's been quiet about where he's thinking, what he's thinking. He hasn't asked any questions yet in this question and answer session. So he is the one wild card. But that said, He's an institutionalist, and he's close to Mitch McConnell. And so thinking is that if he was going to break with McConnell, there would be some sign of that yet. And what we were looking for this week was other senators to join him, particularly on Monday, right after this Bolton news broke, that it wasn't just going to be Alexander joining the other three senators, Collins, Murkowski, and Romney, and making it a 51-49 vote. If Republicans were going to go up vote for witnesses, it would be more like 53-54. And Alexander would have a bit of a buffer here, so it wouldn't be just all on him. 
all of those potential candidates, or nearly all of them, have indicated or said out loud that they are not voting for witnesses. So right now we are waiting on Alexander. Uh, if he is a no, it looks like at best the Democrats would get 50 to 50, in which case it would be a tie, and it's not suspected that John Roberts would break that tie, so the witness vote would fail. Although I, I was reading about this, and there is some precedent for the chief justice essentially breaking a tie and, and ruling in, in one direction or the other. Why wouldn't Roberts do that? Yeah, you know, this is one of those fascinating things where you know, there's been a total of now three presidential impeachment trials. And so there is some precedent, but there's often the, ca the case not much precedent at all. Um, you know, in this case, there's nothing in the Constitution that says the chief justice shall break the ties, where it does say the vice president shall break the ties in the Senate in the course of a normal Senate vote. And so the thinking is, you know, Roberts here, he, you know, he doesn't want to rock the vote. He is the presiding officer, but he doesn't want to be the one to make this ruling. And so if it is put to him, he will simply let the vote fail and will not intervene one way or the other. We don't know that for sure. Uh, you know, we saw him obviously intervene today. With, with Senator Paul's question, but the, the thinking from both on Capitol Hill and the reporters at the Supreme Court is that that is not a scenario that's going to happen. There, the question and answer period has featured some other interesting moments. Last night, Mitt Romney asked a pretty good question. And by good, I mean it was sort of a difficult question for the White House lawyers to answer. He wanted to know when exactly Trump ordered the, you know, the Ukraine aid held. Um, is it was it interesting to people that we saw him, Collins and Murkowski, those three that that kind of three person block of people who wants to see witnesses ask a question together? What what was your read of those moments? Yeah, you know, it's, and when you're in the chamber, it's interesting because you go for many questions where they're effectively softballs. The Democrats are teeing up the House impeachment enters to make a point. The Republicans are teeing up the president's lawyer. And then you hear Senator Collins, Senator Murkowski, Senator Manchin, Senator Romney, any of those key on-the-fence senators. And everyone's heads kind of perk up and the, the chamber quiets. And then they wait to see what this question is going to be. And as you said, Romney, Collins, Murkowski, they put questions that were difficult on the Republican side to the president's lawyers last night. And they struggled to answer them. By the same token, Collins and Murkowski put a difficult question to uh, the Democrats about uh, why there was a charge of bribery that was listed in their committee report, but not in the articles themselves. So I think, you know, this, this is a long period of time, and a lot of these questions are just talking points. But those moments where the on-the-fence senators are talking, those are the ones to watch. That's when you want to tune in. And, and these are, you know, potentially showing us which way these senators are leaning. Okay, Jeremy, now I'm worried that we're keeping you out of the chamber and you're missing some of these moments. We'll let you get back to it. Um, thank you so much for, for calling in. But we have a lot more uh, to discuss here on the podcast. Joining me now is CNN political commentator Amanda Carpenter. Welcome back to the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. Amanda, we're always grateful to have you here. Hey, good to be here. Thank you. So you've been watching this, um, not in the chamber, but from afar, like like the vast majority of Americans. What, at the end of the day, if anything, do you think Americans should take away from this impeachment? Uh, it is a drastic thing that has happened to President Trump. He now wears the stain of this impeachment, but it's also increasingly clear that he's going to beat it. He's going to be acquitted. Um, how is this going to play in the next big question for Americans, which is the election in November? Well, there's two sides to this story in a polarized America. For the Democrats, they will take away from this the label that Donald Trump is someone who cheats to win. 
which is a pretty devastating label going into a major election. Uh, moreover, that the Republicans will let him do anything that he wants, and if he does something wrong, they'll cover it up. I mean, that that's not great. For the Republicans, on the other hand, um, I have bad news for America. This question about Joe Biden and corruption is not going away. They, the Republicans, are going to use this as fodder that the Democrats would never address the central question about how Joe Biden is so corrupt. Now, we can think this is unfair. We can think it's a smear. But this is a game that's going to be played if Joe Biden gets the Democratic nomination, because the whole point of this, the moment that Donald Trump picked up the phone to talk to Ukraine was to put the hit on Joe Biden. So they're not giving this up. Joe Biden, and this is such an important and I think super, um, you know, it, it is the takeaway. Joe Biden is essentially tainted now by Donald Trump. Donald Trump did his hit job on Joe Biden. The question is, is it a is it a mortal wound? Yeah. And looking at this impeachment trial and watching the defenses from, you know, the people who I think are the legal minds in the Senate, my former boss, Ted Cruz, guys like Mike Lee, they say, listen, Donald Trump was within his rights to look into the money that Hunter Biden was getting. And the Democrats have never defended that, never explained it. But yet even Hunter Biden, when he talks to ABC News, he said something like, yeah, I probably got that job because of my last name. And so I I feel like that that question has not been resolved. Joe Biden on the campaign trail hasn't answered it. And listen, I understand how hard it is to answer smears. That's why they work for Donald Trump, because he's so shameless and pushing. He's gone through an impeachment. He did this the day after he got cleared by the Mueller report. I mean, this is going to be a gutterball election. And so I think we should all be watching carefully. I mean, just like Senator Joni Ernst said about how this plays in Iowa, because while we know that the international community was against firing that prosecutor, we can cite the story. It doesn't mean that people who see the headlines in Iowa don't say, ah, there was something strange about that. Because at the end of the day, a lot of people do think it's strange when these well-connected sons and daughters of politicians get cushy jobs. And that is something wrong with the system. And, you know, and Donald Trump's kids. Absolutely. Now, I I do think there were two ways that Democrats essentially could have gone with this primary. And the two front runners, I think everybody pretty much agrees right now, they're Joe Biden and they're Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden, uh, tainted by this, you know, maybe it, it sort of makes it so that he can't win. I'm not sure that's 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 true. You know, it, it would still be an interesting race. The other option for Democrats is to go with Bernie Sanders, who is a socialist. Who the Republicans would love to run against. And that's what this is all about. It's why Donald Trump and Don Jr. are always saying, man, Bernie Sanders, he's getting a raw deal. They want to run against him 100 percent. Right. But is there a third person there? I mean, if if you can't do Biden because he's tainted and you can't do Sanders because he's a a socialist, what, what who who is what is the right answer for Democrats? The right answer for Democrats is to get 100 percent behind a candidate that can get some independent voters and will stand up and fight through the storm because the dirty tricks are coming. 
no matter what. Donald Trump, you know, we think kids and wives and children are off limits. No way. No way. Did you see the Republican primary? Donald Trump went after, um, let's see, my former boss's wife, Jeb Bush's wife. He's going after Joe Biden's children. I mean, there's no rules anymore. No rules. Um, and and <laughs> so uh, hunting around there, are, are, are you moving towards Bloomberg? Is he the, is he oh, the answer for Democrats? Uh, well, he seems like the backstop, right? Like, okay, the sort of conventional wisdom right now is Bernie wins Iowa and New Hampshire. Everyone gets scared, gets behind Biden. Biden does something uh, a little crazy, makes people freak out. And then Bloomberg's standing there at the end of the day in California with bags and bags of money. Gobs Maybe. of money, yeah. <laughs> the least inspiring, richest, uh, you know, guy would 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 walk away with the Democratic nomination. I don't know that it's it's going to be so fascinating to see. None of this story is written. The only thing we know for sure, I think, at this point, is that Donald Trump is going to be acquitted probably in the next uh, two days or so. So, will the impeachment watch still go on? It might not be called impeachment watch, but it is going to continue. Hey, we're going to be analyzing this impeachment for decades. Right. Don't let it go away. We're going to have to come back to this all the time. And the point that I didn't get to with you that I really think is important is how the the Republicans have fallen in line behind Trump. You mentioned your former boss, um, Ted Cruz. You mentioned Mike Lee. These are people I'm old enough to remember 2010, 2012, when these people were talking, all they talked about was the Constitution um, and how important it was to protect the Constitution from Barack Obama. And now, you know, the shoe is 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 totally on the other foot. Well, l- let me just add, they both pride themselves on being very good lawyers. And you might notice that Ted Cruz has a podcast all about laying the best legal arguments to support Donald Trump. So there, there's a lane there for creative legal thinkers. Lawyers are nothing if not <laughs> creative. Okay. I want to thank Jeremy Herb and Amanda Carpenter for appearing on the podcast today. As always, we'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. I strongly encourage everyone to go to CNN.com slash impeachment to keep up with all the latest developments. That site updates 24 hours a day. It's also where you can sign up for the impeachment newsletter. It's still going. This is not over yet, everyone. And remember, we've got a new episode every weeknight. So please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, Spotify, your favorite podcast app, whatever it is. And while you're there, leave us a rating or a comment that helps people find the show. We'll see you tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.